to the Impeccable Perspective Podcast, where we help you discover gospel clarity and openness in a new way by letting go of the culture and finding your truth while having some fun doing it. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Peck and Luann Brownlee. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Thanks for being here. Gold star for anyone who's continuing to listen after the last episode. If you have not been offended, then you are absolutely (laughs) one of our tribe, and we welcome you with open arms. So that means if it's episode number two, they get two gold stars. Two gold stars. There we go. I am not stingy with the gold stars. We're going to give them out left and right because everybody deserves a gold star no matter how good you are, (laughs) right? Because we're all equal. Okay, don't get me started on that. We're not going to talk about yeah. that don't stuff. Don't get on your soapbox in the first, what, two seconds yeah, of the podcast much. today. I, I know. I, uh, I have a special affinity for my soapbox. soapbox. I do. <laughs> but that's okay. That's why you're here, the soapbox police. There we go. Keep me in check. Okay, so in this episode, we're going to continue talking about the church culture. And uh, basically, we, we do want to focus on one of my personal, in fact, my favorite scripture I would say because it's the one that I live my life by if there was any and that is uh, one that you'll recognize I'm sure uh, in Proverbs and uh, it is uh, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding acknowledge him, him in all ways and he will direct thy path and uh, that uh, we're, we're, we're not you know uh, one to necessarily be quoting scriptures and throwing a lot of that kind of stuff around here uh, honestly it's not that kind of podcast if I can help it uh, there's definitely some podcasts who uh, just focus on scriptures all the time but uh, we are not afraid to whip it out if uh, it is completely relevant wow. and uh, pertinent to this and this one absolutely is uh, so this we're gonna break this down and uh, talk about how uh, that ties into the church culture and uh, you know what you can do to to really um, help uh, to, to to kind of make that transition, I guess, from leaning on your own understanding to uh, to trusting God and receiving you know the blessings that you want in your life, and you'll be surprised at uh, how effective that really can be. Uh, so I guess do should we break that down? I know we want to talk a little bit about uh, what that scripture means, yep. and uh, and we're going to uh, kind of take it piece by piece here uh, and see how it relates to what we're talking about. So um, for me, that's, uh, the, the scripture is literally uh, one that I live by. And uh, I got to say, life is difficult at best for everybody. And uh, it can be more difficult uh, based on the choices you make. Uh, you can definitely make your life a lot uh, more difficult than it needs to be. Uh, I, my life was a lot more difficult before I joined the church. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot. If you listen to my conversion story in episode one, of this podcast, you'll understand where I'm coming from, and uh, I'm not afraid to uh, to talk about uh, some of those experiences. Uh, but um, it's certainly much uh, clearer and easier, in, in a sense, uh, now that uh, you know I have uh, the gospel in my in my life. But it's something that we struggle with, and, and typically, what the scripture is really referring to is that uh, just that tug of war that you have with the natural man and the spiritual man. Do you think that's safe to say? I would, yes, I think that's safe to say. And it's the, and what's interesting, and here's my, I've been contemplating this for the past couple of weeks, and that's why I love this topic, is why would God give us the natural man, which is an enemy to God, 
and yet he wants us to turn to God because you would think, well, if he wants us to turn to him, why would he give us that trial and that challenge? And the answer, again, I'm not the the person who's always right. There is no right. There well, you is are no in my wrong. eyes. <laughs> you can Don't, do no yeah, wrong. get me off my pedestal. It's way, you know, that's not there. We're the, it, it's that we are all equal and there is no right or wrong in in that. And it's letting go of the, the right or wrong in it and being able to just see it for truth. I really would like to talk about truth in that. And um, the scripture is, it tells us, and there are many other scriptures that we could delve into about the natural man is an enemy to God, but yet we have to have opposition in all things. Now I'm starting to mix scriptures, but they all fit together. And that opposition wouldn't be here unless we didn't have the natural man and we didn't have the veil. And then it wouldn't be a test or a trial. And that's why we came here to the earth is to be tested and tried. And that's why we have that opposition. And that's why we have that natural man is because it is an opposition and it is something that draws us away because it's egoic. It brings us to things of a mortal life. We have to live in the mortal life to turn to God and choose to go the other way. Like we talked about last time with choice. And that's really where this scripture takes me is, okay, I've got this. I want to lean to my own understanding, which is my natural man or my ego, but I need to counsel with the Lord in all my doings. I need to lean unto his understanding. I need to fully accept his understanding. And trust him. And and trust. And that's yeah. and we will probably need to talk a little bit about what truth and trust are two big words that I work with a lot in therapy. Trust is a difficult thing for most of us because all of us at one time have had our trust broken by someone and then it we need to let go of that distrust and learn to be able to trust again, especially trusting in the Lord who is omniscient and has unconditional love for us. You're talking about my dating life again. <laughs> is that what's going How on here? How did you here? know that? <laughs> I'm tuned in. I'm very, very aware of uh, the trust issues that are out there. Yes. And, and that's a big one in the singles. So, and let's go frame of reference with me and my divorce. I was single for five years and there is a huge difference in well, and we'll get into this in another podcast, I'm sure, because Joe loves to talk about his dating life and his dating stories and the well, adventures they're, that he they're had. wild stories. Uh, let's just put it that way. Yes. It's uh, never in, a dull moment. <laughs> in that. But you know all the details, too. <laughs> I don't know all of them. Oh, yes, you do. Pretty I want to know all of them. Well, maybe you don't. But it's, we'll see. We'll see. You could surprise me. But it's this level <laughs> of trust in dating that if I don't even have the sense of trust, I can't go out and date because I can't be open and vulnerable and honest. And that is the majority of the people who are out in the dating world is this lack of trust and they don't know how to trust because it hasn't been something that they've developed in their lives that I have learned to trust others and I am willing to um, open up fully and be vulnerable to that. And that's even trusting in the Lord. So if I can't even trust human beings who I can see, talk to, be with, how can I trust the Lord who I can't see and be with and that he's going to lead and direct me for these things that are good. But wait a minute, he's asking me to do things that are really difficult. And he's handing me these trials and these challenges and things in my life that I know I didn't sign up for in the pre-existence. When I signed that little contract to come down here to earth and he said, look, here are all these wonderful things you're going to learn. I go, oh yeah, that signed me up for those. That sounds great. It's trusting that he does have a plan for me in a way that I don't understand and that I I can't understand, but I need to have faith and trust in him. Faith and trust, holding hands together in that one. 
Sounds like more like the contract you sign when you're buying a used car. <laughs> more than with again, God. can I trust a used car salesman? No. Yeah, I don't know no. about that one. Slim to none. Yeah. Slim now we've just up. offended all the used car salesmen out there. And good, good. <laughs> I wouldn't be satisfied. It wouldn't be an impeccable podcast without offending somebody. Let's Some offense somebody going somewhere. To, I, just, I, I just need to do that. Uh, once in a while. All right. So, uh, yes, excellent points for sure. And, uh, you know, it is interesting. Uh, agency is a topic I love, and that's definitely going to be a, a future podcast episode uh, or, or more than one. Or more. Uh, for sure. Because it's, it's something, it's amazing. It's amazing to me because it's, an, it's a concept that I never understood until I joined the church, which sounds silly. But the definition... It doesn't, it doesn't. But let's go back to the Catholic Church. How yeah. much do they talk about agency in the well, Catholic never, Church? I literally never heard that word until I joined the church. Right. Now, like modeling agency, right? No problem. I've right. heard that word. I've never heard agency in the context of free will. And th- that's true. That's really true. I'd never heard it in that context before. Uh, and there's other words that I've, you know, <laughs> had different contexts as well. If you listen to my conversion story, uh, there's a really funny story uh, there at the end about uh, the, uh, the real differences between the world and living the gospel and the context of words and, and ideas. Uh, it's, it's crazy. When you're coming new from you know, the world to join the church, you are just green. Like you're starting over. You really don't have any, like I literally had no knowledge of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, I really wish we could go back to saying Mormon. That's, um, it's a long, it's it's a mouthful. So let's define that also. When we talk about the culture, we will use the word Mormon because that is definitely the culture, the Mormon church, right? The true doctrine, which the prophet has asked us and we have implemented into our lives and the church has implemented into their structure, is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is open doors for people to be more curious and come to join the church because they're looking for the truth. And that really is the truth. And in the scripture, which the prophet pointed out, is that is the name that the church will be called by in the last days. Yeah, and we so respect it's that. honoring that. And I do 100%. totally respect that. But when we're talking about the culture... It's Mormon, Mormon culture, because that is. is not the church. It is not the church. That's a good point. That's a very, very good point. And I just kind of wish they did this 200 years ago, because now we have 200 years of programming. We have everybody on the planet has heard of a Mormon. And, and when you say, hey, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, oh, you're Mormon. No, I'm actually a member of the Church of Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, well, you're a Mormon. Saints. No. So um, I've decided that I want to be referred to going forward as the member formerly known as a Mormon. <laughs> I love Joe's comments. <laughs> it's so much that easier. That was impeccable, Joe. That was impeccable, yes. yes. Thank you so much. Appreciate the pun. Uh, you hear a lot of that, uh, for sure. But seriously, like, this is, you know me. You know how impatient I am and how frustrated I get. If I was in a conversation with somebody debating, you're Mormon. No, I'm a member of this. No, no, you're a Mormon. No, I'm a member of this. Like, it's confusing for people. They don't, they don't understand. It's going to be a tough journey, and I want to respect it, and I understand it, and I absolutely listen. It's in Scripture that this is the name of the church. Right. I just wish we didn't have 200 years of programming of LDS and, and Mormon so that everybody in the world knows that. And now we've got to change everyone's mind, right? But not my struggle. It's just the way it goes. Um, you know, we're, we're back to obedience. We're back to obedience. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Joe might struggle with that a little I, bit also. There's no might about it. Okay. Uh, that's a struggle. I, I think maybe all of us struggle with obedience sure. here and there. How many of you drove to work today driving the speed limit? Raise your hand. Mm, I yeah. see no hands. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that would be how we all struggle with it is. It is. that. For sure. Okay, so getting back, uh, let's see, uh, we were just talking about agency, 
And uh, that is, so the definition of agency is uh, opposition in all things, which is a really cool concept. But if you think about it, when it says all things, that literally means everything. Right. Everything. Physical, right. mental, emotional, spiritual, sexual, everything. financial. Every oh, single Oh, there's big thing. financial oh opposition. We could get into a whole yeah. thing with that. Sexual opposition, same thing. Mm -hmm. Emotional We will definitely get into that one. That's a, Getting that's a into one. your emotions through manipulation, through advertising, right? right. And, it, and that's the thing they're again, always... Again, with my dating life. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm experiencing out there. There might be opposition in all dating life. Yes, that would there be... is. Um, manipulation is a trigger word. I'm just going to say it <laughs> for me. <laughs> oh, that was not a good experience. The point is uh, you have to understand opposition in all things, in every single thing, uh, and that's why we have the natural man, because sure, it makes sense. It's like God wants us to return to him. Why is he making us not want to return to him, like giving, giving a side of us that goes against that, but it has to, it has to be there. And so, um, you know, coming uh, from the, uh, here, here's, here's an interesting concept uh, as a convert, coming into the church and sort of realizing all of this, when you learn the plan of salvation and you get the, uh, you know, the knowledge, right, from the culture, or excuse me, from the gospel, uh, and you start to understand uh, the bigger picture of everything, it's completely eye-opening, and it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. And, uh, you know, I, here's one of the biggest things that I discovered, and that is that the adversary is real, right? So the plan of salvation, it, it, it's great to know this because it totally empowers you. But understanding the plan of salvation, you know that the adversary is real and he's absolutely necessary because he provides the opposition to make agency possible. That's absolutely vital to this entire plan even working. And so the problem is when you, you know, like I grew up Catholic, right? And so there's no knowledge of an adversary. Yes, people kind of, you know, believe there's a devil, I guess, or they joke about it or they think it's a myth or they, uh, you know, they don't. If, if it's real, it's not really like, you know, he's, he lives in hell and you're probably going to see him there if you make a mistake, right? But they don't understand the role that he plays and the, the, the power that he has, the fact that he can actually, uh, his job is to tempt us. Now, he can't make us do anything, right? But here's the deal. When you're not a member of the church and you don't have the, no the, the knowledge of the gospel, the only understanding you have that you have to lean on, right, is yes. the world. Your own. Your own. And that's where you lean onto your own understanding because I have the knowledge and understanding of the world, which is what we're taught in school, we're taught on TV, and in the media, there's no truth in that at all, but we're still taught by those things, what we surround ourselves with, and that's why going to, to some church, doesn't matter what church is so important, to look past that understanding of my own to a larger, more eye-opening understanding of eternity and that there's something bigger than myself that is out there connecting me and that can lead and guide me if I can trust and open myself up to that. But again, that's a very difficult concept um, where we don't necessarily understand that. Let's go back to the Satan thing for just a second. I like, I love that you brought that up and talked about how intricate a part Satan is. We're back to judgment. I do a lot of study in Buddhist psychology. I really am fascinated how it fits right into the gospel. Doesn't that go against the church, Not Sister Randy? Not at all. Isn't that evil, Sister Randy? Truth Randy? in many other ways. Truth is circumscribed into one great whole, and truth is found in many different places. It's not, the, the church doesn't have a corner on truth. Nope. And they will 
never that's never been said nor will it ever be said but in it it's getting rid of that judgment of bad or good or wrong or right again there is god's right or wrong and god made that choice and we did too whenever we followed christ and came here to the earth with the plan knowing that satan we agreed to that so satan isn't bad or wrong satan is actually wonderful because we need that. He's we making our salvation possible. Right? Exactly. And Satan is one of our brothers that somehow, and we don't understand all of that, had a different understanding and really became egoic and natural man in that spiritual state of, look at me, I'm puffed up, all of this is going to come to me, which that's where he leads us right down that path with a flax and cord hey look you can make yourself look better hey you can become bigger forget about everyone else dig a pit you know just that you can become something wonderful through making yourself look better and making others look worse that's one of his tactics but in a way that's what happened with him look at me the glory won't go to god it will come to me and that's and we need that though to return to heavenly father and to be able to be tested and tried and to learn we're back to the growth mindset of oh, yeah. learning through mistakes, but without Satan, that wouldn't be possible because Adam and Eve only could progress to a certain level within the garden, and then they were stuck because they weren't learning those concepts. They were in a state of bliss where there was a limited learning that, that never could progress, including the learning of having children, which is probably how you'll learn the most in your life for those of you oh, who yeah. have children. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other <laughs> story. And I am very blessed to have wonderful children. I'll, I mean, it's, it's never easy no matter how good your kids are, but I do have beautiful children, which I will just say that and shout out to them. Uh, I, I love them more than anything, and I'm very grateful to have them uh, in my life. Um, so uh, what an interesting perspective. So one of my experiences has been just that. Once you start to put Satan in the right perspective, right? Once you start to understand his role, that's all it is, is a role. Is a role. And at the end of this world, at the end of this life, through the millennium, we know that he's going to be bound. He's not going to be, like his job is done. Like he's just here to serve a purpose. And that empowers us, in my opinion, because now we know his role. We know his boundaries and his limits. We know what he does. And we know how we can handle that. And it becomes no problem. The biggest revelation or one of the biggest revelations I had when I joined the church and started to understand all of this is is uh, just knowing before I joined the church you have no idea that you're fighting the adversary you don't right. you don't understand that he's actually literally trying to to get you to make certain choices and when you don't have the gospel knowledge to look at the options you have are the options that he gives you in terms of making choices in the world. And you think, this sounds these, really great. But these are the only choices these that the I only have. Because that you have, I don't you have know. another frame of reference. Right. Can't change what I don't know. Right. Don't have it. Don't have the doctrine. Don't have the truth. Truth is what's important. If mm-hmm. I don't have the truth, how can I make those choices? Exactly. And here's what I realized. And it's simply this. How can you win a war when you don't even know you're at, having a battle? Or how can you win a battle when you don't even know you're at war? That's... Right. That's the revelation but that I had. But they don't realize that they're... Nobody does, because they have no idea that there is a war going on. Right. But how they do you... But you are at war, there's no question. And how do you win when you don't even know you're fighting? Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, and it's not even necessarily that I'm winning, but I'm aware of it, and I'm choosing. We're back to choosing again. I'm powerfully choosing to love the Lord. I could choose the other way. I could go the ways of the world, but it's that knowledge that's key. It is. Well, in, you don't know that you can make another choice. 
without the gospel. Without the gospel. Right, you don't know that there's other choices to make. And so and you're trying to make choices based on what you know, and you're like you're entirely leaning on your own understanding in that case, because you don't even know you can trust God. This is what I love about Joe's perspective, because I've grown up with the truth, and I, I don't know anything different. And I, and I don't know what it's like to not have the truth, but you do, and you're lost. And the only thing you know how to base decisions off of, which is eye-opening to me, is the world. And what's the world going to tell you? The world is going to tell you to the only things that are important are money and fame and excess and uh, and selfishness. And, and what, you know, the most successful people are the people who everyone else want to be. That's what it is. It's it's a mindset. It's like I want to be like this person. I want to be like that person. Look at look at all the toys that this person has. Look how successful they are. Look how everyone looks up to them. Look at all the privilege that they have. That's happiness to me. That's success to me. It's very temporal based because there's no you don't know. Catholics don't understand anything about other, anything other than what's here on this earth. There's no concept of a pre-mortal existence. Right. We believe that we, you know, that we're children of God, and, and Catholics believe that, and, and, and believe that we did come from someplace before we came to earth. We don't believe that we were just created when we were born. And they do believe in heaven and hell kind of thing, which is like loose at best in terms of their knowledge. Real, no, no real concrete of no what that con- would be. No, not, right. one, not one bit. And I mean, they, they're lost. They don't even understand their own doctrine, which again, we've talked about a lot of Mormons are like this, as well, right? But for example, in the Bible, like they, they, they believe in the Bible 100%. But the Bible says, as we all know, that uh, we're all created in God's image. And this is the example I love to use because Catholics believe that God is more of just this ethereal kind of spirit that the only reason he, he knows everything is because he can exist everywhere mm-hmm. at the same time because he's like air, you know? So if you, it's like heresy to say that, you know, God had a body a or body. God looks like a human being. But right in the Bible, like, you know, if, you know what I mean? Like, we're created in his image, and I don't look like a ghost. You know what I'm saying? So I think he's probably got an image like us, right? And that would be confusing within that, and that's where you don't have the truth to really know where to turn and how. It's completely confusing. I was right. so lost before I joined the church. I, like, just, I, was, I was on a bad path, and I don't even know, you know, where I would be if I didn't find the gospel. I, I, there's a, I think there's a very decent chance I probably still wouldn't be here, right, if, if I stayed on that path. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But I would, didn't have a lot of hope, and I was lost as to what I wanted to do in life, and I was confused about a lot of things. And, I mean, I wasn't, you know, um, on drugs or I wasn't in trouble or anything like that, but I was just really lost, mm-hmm. right, spiritually. And, and just, like, direction-wise, I didn't know where I wanted my life to go and what I was supposed to do, and I just felt like I had not a lot of options. And... That's when the gospel came to me, and it was at the right time. And honestly, like even a year or two before that, I don't think I ever would have accepted it. You know, but I was just at that point. At that point. And it just and God knew that, of course, and it just made sense, right? right. And that's where the the doctrine is amazing because it gives us that path and our trajectory and what's at the end of the path of going to return to live with our heavenly Father and having an understanding of pre-mortal life, earth life, judgment, and then where we're going is so important in our whole journey. And again, leaning not onto our understanding. Our understanding, if it's only of this earth life, is so limited that we don't, we don't get the whole plan. And why we, have, why we even have agency or why we would be here. Oh, oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're fumbling through it. And uh, I mean, it's just, it changes everything about, I mean, the way I act, the way I think, the way I treat people, the, the hopes that I have, the goals that I set for myself, all of that has changed 
from before I joined the church because now I see that there's so much more potential and more importantly, I understand what's truly important, right, for happiness. So, so here's a good question for you. I have all of this, you've joined the church, you know, you say, I've gotten this, I now have this new understanding. So how, is, how easy is it then to allow the Lord to lead you by the hand and to, to do that as opposed to not going back to leaning unto your own understanding? Uh, well, you, you know me, you know how difficult that is. <laughs> and that's where I want how our listeners to say, well, yeah, that's really great, but I still go back to this, and why oh, yeah. do I go back to that? Because again, that's our challenge here on earth is we want to, we want to let the Lord lead and guide us, but our, our humanness brings us back to trying to understand and we lean into our own understanding instead of asking, submitting, and being willing to uh, turning our life and our will over to God. Now I'm moving into AA, which is another wonderful program. I've um, never been an alcoholic, just so everyone knows. <laughs> that was not one of my vices before the church, okay? Right. I drank, I partied, but it and was And the not. church has ARP, which is another one, and there's Road to Recovery. There's different recovery programs, but AA, I love how it talks about turning my life and my will over to God because that's really the only way ad- addicts can survive is they understand this leaning not to my own understanding because their understanding is, hey, I'm having this really difficult emotion or a situation. I'm going to go have a drink because I don't want to experience it. And that's very natural. Now I'm like, yeah, that doesn't feel very good. Whereas I'm turning my life and my will over to God and asking him to lead and guide me throughout the day. And the more I want to drink, the more I just kneel down and pray and say, I need you to help me. And if we could get to that point of that's not leaning to my understanding, that's totally letting him lead and guide me and you know and yeah. what it says in the scripture being it is well believe it or not the, the gospel is not a magic bullet that suddenly all of a sudden you have no challenges in life you don't struggle with anything anymore it makes it harder in a lot of ways we know I mean, it is not easy to be a member of the church at all I and mean, take it from me like i came from a very worldly lifestyle and, and when, you know, when you start talking about making changes where you live the word of wisdom and you, you, know, you don't prioritize the things that the world prioritizes and you make financial sacrifices and time sacrifices, who in their right mind would, would do that? You know what I mean? If, if they didn't really understand that it was true. It's, it's a, but it's, it's tough in the best of times. It's tough for everybody, but it's meant to be that way because that's how we are, I don't want to say forced, but we're given opportunities to choose to trust in God because he, that's what he wants us to and he creates challenges and trials in our lives for that purpose because if everything was easy we would never have to turn we'd never think right. to turn to him for answers right? right if I continue to have this this life of ease where I don't have to trust in the Lord and what he's brought to me there wouldn't be faith there wouldn't be the trial and I wouldn't learn I wouldn't come here to learn and my theory is that those of us that are given bigger trials are the ones that learn more and it's a trials are blessings. Trials are given to us because the Lord loves us. Right. And I realize that's an oxymoron in a lot of people's <laughs> view. Like, oh, how can that be true? It's that called tough who, love. They love me, and so they're giving me a trial. But it's, you know, I, it, it it reminds me of, um, you know, people who own. I we listen to the Marriott story and how he could have given his children this life of ease. You know, he's a multi millionaire billionaire he could have given them whatever they wanted and he told them no you need to go and learn how to do this on your own and you're going to start by working at the front desk at the hotel and they they did they went and learned from the ground up because that taught them 
what what it was like to struggle, what it was like to not have everything, what it was like to be on their own and to be responsible. Uh, and that's exactly what the Lord's saying. I could give you everything, but I'm not going to. I could, I could give you all of this knowledge and light, but I'm not going to. It's line upon line, precept upon precept, which is even the way the Savior had to learn, which is interesting that he didn't get it all at once. But we all learn that way because that's the way that our humanness is wired to be able to learn and grow on an, on an exponential course to return back to him. But it always isn't an uphill course. No, no, it is. That's fascinating to me. And I think the point is... Uh Whenever you travel, stay at the Merritt Hotel, right? Is, is, that what you're, is that kind of what you're saying? That's funny. That's I just booked a room there last night at Disneyland. So it is subconscious. Okay. that's so Marriott. Maybe that's where yes, the Marriott came from. There are other ones. J.C. Penney did the same with his kids. Uh, okay, I could have brought cool. that that's up good. also. That's all good. I know, but nobody shops there anymore. So getting back to your question, actually, let me, let me, let me say one thing. that You reminded me of something here. Um, just talking about uh, trials and whatnot. And, and this is funny. So first of all, before that, when I joined the church, again, this is sort of how naive you are. Um, you know, you start talking to people and it's like, oh yeah, like you start, first of all, you start to learn the gospel and you see the, uh, the you know, the, the knowledge, right, that you have, that's available. And then you start talking to people it's like, oh yeah, I was born in the church, I've grown up in the church, you know, I've spent my whole life with this. You know, I naively thought that people uh, were, you know, if you lived, like this knowledge like empowered me for one thing. And I went from spiritual darkness to total enlightenment. So I'm thinking, hey, if you've had this your entire life, you must be ready to be translated by now because this is like, you've, you've been studying this your whole life and you realize these people take it for granted. Most people, especially in the culture of the church, they take it all for granted. But one f- thing that's really funny to me, and I think everyone can relate, but when when we talk about trials and you've got, you know, good members of the church, if you want to, you know, quote unquote, say that, right. But these people who just do their best to be obedient, follow the, uh, the, you know, the, the checklist as much as they can and all these things. And then a trial happens in their life and they just are lost. Like they just don't understand why is this happening to me? I've been so good. I'm doing everything right. Why are these things happening to me? And this, it makes me laugh and also makes me Sad. Sad, and it makes me pissed off just because I have that kind of a streak in me. But because they don't understand their own gospel. Like, that's the harsh reality of it. They don't get their own gospel, which is like, how do you not get it? You've had this your entire life, and it's this beautiful gift. Like, I'm so grateful for it. And, you know, I, I would be ashamed if I grew up in the church and just took it for granted and never really understood it, right? But that's what happens, and that's a cultural thing, and that's, that's the way it is. But you need to understand that we have trials because it's the only way, like you talked about, that we can actually grow. And the whole point is to become like the Savior. So if you are a member of the church and you sign up and say, I want to be active, I want to become a disciple of Christ, that's what I want to do, then you're on the road to trials because the only way to become like the Savior is to go through trials. To become perfect, we have to get rid of all of those imperfections, right? And we talk about the refiner's fire and all these things. The only way to get rid of imperfections to become like the Savior is to go through trials. That's the refiner's fire. It's the only way to do it. So if you are doing the best you can to be the best member of the church possible and to live the gospel and love the Lord Lord, as much as you can, you should be expecting trials. You shouldn't be confused when you get them and start to think, oh, God doesn't love me anymore. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm leaving the church because the church isn't true. Yes. And that's where they lean into their own understanding oh as opposed to trust in the Lord with all thine heart. If I trust in him with all my heart and I get a trial, I say, wow, the Lord, 
so hard to say. Yeah. The Lord oh, must sucks. love me a lot because look at what he gave me mm-hmm. to learn from. Yeah. And when I'm leaning to my own understanding, that's when people feel like, oh, well, it's this happened, he doesn't love me. Or it, we're back to checklist of, look, I have done, I'm obedient, I've done these things now, give me the blessings. Kind of like, I went to work this week, I want my check. I've done all the things you've asked me to do now. I want you to pay that off. That's not the way the Lord works no. because that's not his understanding. And then it says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. I'm not letting him direct my path. When I have a checklist, I'm directing my own path. Yep. Here's my checklist. I've decided all of these things. I'm checking them off. And, and then I'm saying, wow, look what a good girl I am. Luana is such a good girl. She's checked all of these off. God, it's time for you to give me my payment for the week. The Lord doesn't work that way. No. And that's learning a different way from the natural man as opposed to a spiritual path that he will direct me in that and that if I trust in him, no matter what my life brings to me, that's a, it's a blessing. No matter if it's infertility, if it's being single, if it's never being married, if it's losing a job, if it's losing a spouse, if it's um, struggles with sexuality or any of those things, those are struggles and trials that, again, when I turn to the Lord and trust in him and acknowledge him that these things will bless me, it shifts my energy from negativity and fear to one of faith. And that shift is what brings that completely different view. And, and you're right, people in the church don't get that because... No, they've been programmed their whole life, right, to, to just follow the checklist. They've been spoon-fed. And this is, the, this is a problem. Like they've been spoon-fed the gospel to the point where they don't have to think for themselves any longer. Or they've chosen, they've, they've been programmed not to think for themselves, right? And, and well, no, they've been, not that they've been programmed. I don't, I don't necessarily that's, like that's how, that That's word. how they've interpreted it. That I like they it. They have allowed yeah. themselves to be spoon-fed because... Okay. They go to church and they say, okay, teach me what I'm to do and I'm going to go home and do that. That's not what church is for. They listen to conference and they say, I'm going to listen to conference and whatever they tell me to do, I'm going to do. That's not what conference is for either. You listen to conference, read the scriptures, um, go to church, listen, go home, pray, ask, be aware, be mind. We're back to mindful awareness, which is we're back to Buddhism, mindful awareness of where I'm at. And I ask, Lord, is this really what I need in my life? What would you have me do? How would you have me take what I've learned and implement that into my life? That's then turning from spoon feeding into feasting because it leads to curiosity and searching the scriptures and searching the conference talks and searching BYU speeches or talking to people and saying, I just want to find as much as I can about this and how it leads me back to the Lord, which there is infinite information for us including personal revelation, which will always be infinite, to gain and to follow. But I have to have that level of trust to go on that path as opposed to leaning to my own understanding of, oh, I got this. And that's really spoon feeding is leaning to my understanding. You fed me and I'm going to digest this, take it and, and run with it as, and not ask and be curious and really find. Exactly. And, and that's, that's made people soft, right? That's, that's, is, is the problem. And they, aren't kind of trusting and, and you know they lean they lean on their own understanding in a way that their understanding is well i expect to be taught i expect you know uh, to have all the answers i expect just to follow the checklist and everything will work out mm-hmm. and there, there's no you, you know it's, it's not on a deep level you know what i mean they're not and, experiencing the gospel on that level 
And that's where we get to lazy learners. I'm a lazy learner. It's my learner. favorite new phrase, by the way. And what was that? It's my favorite new phrase. New fa- <laughs> my new favorite phrase, lazy learners. That is, that's fantastic. But lazy learners are the people that just go and, and learn that very basic, and then I'm not going to delve any more to it, and I take it at face value. And I, and I, that again is my understanding. That's not the Lord's understanding of taking it and ingesting it and asking now, how can this affect you know me? How do I change? How do I shift my view into your view? My ways are not your ways. You know, that your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. How do I get to the point of having the Lord's thoughts be my thoughts by surrendering my thoughts and allowing a space for his thoughts to be in and that again is that level of trust. It is, and uh, you know, it's um, it's not easy. I'll, I'll be honest. You, you know, you, you talk about coming from not having the gospel at all to having it. Uh, you know, isn't it easier to uh, to trust the Lord and to not worry about your own understanding? And it's it's not. It's it's not at all. Uh, it's great to have the knowledge, and uh, you know, I work at it every day, and uh, I'm certainly. I feel like I'm, I'm doing well at it because I keep learning every day and I'm, I'm self-aware like you talk about and, and that's a big first step for everybody with overcoming any kind of challenges, being self-aware, just understanding that you do act this way in these situations, right? And then you just kind of need to start working on that. That's, that's kind of the, the first step to it. But um, it is a, a constant struggle that, that I find uh, because... I don't know, I, uh, I mean, everyone's different, right? Some people struggle with it, some people join the church and just, you know, just, they never have a problem, right, with temptations, for example, mm-hmm. or, or old habits. And uh, mm, I might challenge that, that they do have problems, but they never talk about them because no. they don't want other people to see that I have challenges and temptations. Ah, eh. the judgment of the culture of the church. Eh, you don't want people I'm to tempted, know. Maybe I'm tempted, but I don't ever talk about it or I'm really honest about it because that would cool. make me seem less than, and there's some shame in that, that I'm less than, not good enough, there's something wrong with me if I say, you know, I was really tempted to whatever right. and it could be something small to them or something large but i guarantee you every person out there has thoughts beliefs or things that that would lead them down that they just maybe don't talk about it in a open well it makes me feel better about okay. myself at least <laughs> so that's good i'm not the only one who struggles with it but i have to say that um i uh I, I do very well overall, I think, with the gospel because I want to and because I recognize where my weaknesses are, and I've learned those over the years. I've definitely learned a lot from working with you over the past several years, too. I've learned a lot about uh, you know, the challenges that I had and the weaknesses I had that um, kind of came out in my uh, you know, marriage and, uh, and what sort of kind of led to uh, the disconnection there, and uh, now I can recognize those and, and be able to improve on those and, and, and make not make those mistakes in the next marriage, right? Those kinds of things. So that's all good. And can you hear how you're taking that and learning and growing from that? And, and I, I want to come back to your point of, you know, there are people who seem like everything's good and, and really emphasize that whenever I do lean into my own understanding, there's nothing bad or wrong with that. We're back to you judging yourself and we're, our, we're always our own harshest judge that I just notice, become aware that I'm leaning to my own understanding and shift back into getting back on the path and centered in the Savior Jesus Christ and in the, the doctrine, in the truth of that and really searching for God's God's viewpoint as opposed to my viewpoint. But most people, the path, they get off the path little by little too. They're kind of far off before they notice, oh gosh, I'm really leaning to my own understanding. And I don't 
I did. I wasn't aware of that because it's come slowly to me in that way, and um, it could be in, in. There's so many different areas to lean to your own understanding and not. Well, it is. It's, it's second nature. I mean, like you say, it's it's the natural man. It's the go-to, right, for the natural man, and that is very prevalent in all of us. It's our default. I think is the natural man is kind of our default for most people, to just automatically you know think about your own understanding. So something happens to you, and you just take that as well. That's my own understanding. Is this didn't happen? You know, this happened to me, and so this must mean I have to, you know, remain in this situation, or this means that that will never happen for me, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's severely limiting, right? It, it's completely. And if you if you think about our understanding, and this is what's really amazing to me to put into perspective, but you think about our understanding is so limited because all we can see is what we've seen in the past and what we know that we've experienced, not what everyone's experienced, but just us, and we know what's in front of us today. We don't know what's happening tomorrow yet or in the future. That's our limited understanding. We know by our experiences and, uh, and just what we know and what we see, whereas God's understanding is everything because he sees everything in front of him, past, present, future. He knows the choices we're going to make 10 years from now, all these things. Which is interesting to me. I've realized recently that you can't disappoint God. Exactly, because he already knows he already what you're going to do. Right, and the definition. And he loves you anyway, I Joe. I know. Hey, listen, I'm feeling the love. <laughs> I'm feeling the love with God for sure. I'm, I'm down with that. But it's true, and people always, you, know, you hear people in the church, they'll say, you know, I, I, you know God's going to be so disappointed, or I don't want to disappoint God, so I didn't do this or didn't do that. It's like, you don't, you don't get it. You don't. <laughs> no, the, the, def, the definition of, of disappointment is basically expecting one thing and receiving a different answer, right, or a different outcome. And that's disappointing if the outcome is less than what you expected or different from what you expected. But and that's... If, I, if I can get into that, the, the, the Lord knows me better than I know myself, so why would I not lean to his understanding? Well, yeah. Why would I not allow him to, to lead me and not, and not look at myself? Because he gets the whole me. I only have this limited understanding in my mortal realm up to today and there could be other things coming down the road that I that I don't know Uh, and one thing I want to do in this podcast is challenge people too for you to think about how are you leaning to your own understanding and what ways in life today do a little check-in like what am I what am I leaning to my own understanding and not being open to what the Lord has for me or open to listen and really ask and search for those things and all of us have those. Oh, we do. And I think the way that you can determine that for yourself is to look at the choices you make, right? Because I believe the choices you make are based on your understanding of whatever. And uh, if you're constantly making a choice that you don't feel right about or or is is not working for you, you know, think about, well, why am I making that choice? And that'll bring you to your understanding. Well, Mm -hmm. it's because I believe this, right? I make that choice because I believe this, or I've seen this, or this is what so-and-so said, so I do this. Well, okay, so is that my understanding? And if it is, then how can we kind of put, uh, go away from my understanding and, and put my trust in God, knowing that he knows everything and he knows what's best for me. And that's fantastic what you said about God knowing us better than ourselves. Why wouldn't we put our trust in him? And that's, that's not something people realize. You know what I mean? Like that is not someone's first thought, but it's, it's, it's knowledge that we have and it makes perfect sense. And let's just bring that to people's attention. But I think if you just look at what's motivating me to make my choices, that will lead you to your understanding, whatever that is. And that goes back to shame of if the Lord really knew who I was, he wouldn't love me 
Jordan Peterson has some great chapters. He's very much like Joe Peck. He's very sarcastic in a lot of what he talks about. I got to meet this guy. Oh yeah, he's he's pretty lively. But he talks about how it, we judge ourselves and are really harsh on ourselves because we know everything about ourselves, the dark places, the fears, the things we've done. And if people really could be, if we were transparent, people could really see who we were. They wouldn't like us. So we have a hard time believing that God could really know me all the way and still love me because I'm a broken creature. I am this person that is flawed, that has done these things, that has had these thoughts or um, these behaviors, and I've hurt people, I've hurt myself, I've, and I, how could he love me when, in all reality, he loves me more than I'll ever be able to comprehend within my own understanding mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And that's where the scripture opens up this eternal, amazing love that if we tap into fills us beyond our ability to be filled by anything that the world would ever bring to us. Because our understanding as consumers, I consume this, it will bring me happiness, whether it's a new car or eating at this really great restaurant or finding this friendship or, you know, I consume these things that are in the world. And Dating that will, a certain kind of woman. Yeah, Just maybe finding this certain finding, kind of woman. Joe might be girl. stuck on that one a little bit. Okay. Maybe a lot. You're not going to analyze me on the podcast. That's, <laughs> we're saving people. that for our sessions, okay? That's, I draw the line. A lot of people, but I think a lot of people get stuck into that, that I've, when I have this, I will be happy no matter what it is. Perfect woman, perfect car, perfect house, perfect job perfect kids and it it, it it's understanding God loves me with all of those and learning to love ourselves with all of those and that when we reach that point we allow him in to fill us with his love because we realize we're worthy and that's kind of a word we've talked about is that I am worthy to be here at church. I'm worthy to worship. I'm worthy to ask. Many people believe that I have to repent before I can ask those things. And it's it's not that I have to be, there is no level of worthiness for us to ask. We could have just committed a grievous sin and we still have the right to ask and have faith and know that God loves us and that he will. See, that's, I know, that's, that's something I struggle with, uh, I think, and, and you know me with the logical brain, right? That's, uh, that's, that's everything for me. It's just all, all logic, but that, that's a very valid point. But, you know, when you, when you think about it logically, it's like, you know what, I deliberately chose to sin. Like, you know what you're doing most of you the do. time when you, when you make a choice, right? And we call it sin or whatever. We are going to talk, maybe we could talk about that if we get a minute on this, but um, the definition of sin, right? But... Uh, how like you don't feel like you instantly shame yourself you don't feel like i'm worthy to ask god for anything i just sinned and i knowingly did it how could i turn around and say please forgive me right that's a thought process and logically it says like no i gotta give this some time like i need to well we have to have time and we have to pay the price because our parents remember back in the days whenever you did something mean like you hit your sister or you know you got I, the wooden spoon what did yeah, you get yeah a wooden spoon was at our house also yeah, yeah. right but i was mean to my sister i teased her and we got in a fight and then my mom would make us repent or pay the price by you know you're gonna pay your penance by you go sit our our thing was you sit on the chair in the front porch you sit on the, the chair in the back porch for half an hour and you don't feel like you have fully are fully able to be forgiven until you've paid the price 
But that's not the truth. The truth is if I truly in my heart realize those things and I have a desire and I believe and I um, have faith in the atonement, I can ask and say, wow, I just did that and I really want to turn this over and let go of it. You can have repentance and have that full atonement or partaking of the atonement because of a changed heart and through that understanding and acknowledgement of an awareness and owning of that sin and missing the mark and it, it changes you he allows that love to change you and allows the atonement to change you in that um and again, whenever I'm doing, we're back again to leaning to your own understanding that I have to pay the price as my own understanding because that's the way I was trained as a child, that in order to get this, you have to pay the price first. Yeah, and that's simply not true, but that's just the natural man in us that tells us that's true, and I think it's, uh, it's, it's probably experience from our parents or our church leaders or things like that uh, with just general shame, right? All of those things, because that's how I feel. Like, I, you know, you knowingly sin is like, you know, I think I am going to do this. Like, it's premeditated. Like, it's, it's kind of like, you know, first degree sin for me sometimes, right? Like, I will say, you know, yeah, I think I am going to sin. I'm going to do this a little bit later. I'm feeling like it today. I'm just going to it's been a while, so I think I, you know, I, I deserve it. And so, but, but, but then how, you know, and then you get yourself into turning around and then instantly asking for forgiveness, right? You don't feel like you, you should be or are worthy of doing that, but that's exactly what God wants you to do. Right. I want to step back uh, really quickly to um, what you were talking about, where if we were transparent and everyone saw our, our ourselves, our choices, all these things. What's interesting, somebody told me, excuse me, somebody told this to me earlier, um, not too long ago, and I've heard this before, but they say, hey, if, if you, if there was a, like a thought bubble above everyone's head showing what their sins were or their choices were or their, what their burdens were, you would always choose your own, right? Everyone thinks that their life is so hard until you see other people's problems. And, um, you know, what's interesting about that is the trials we have in our lives are specific to us for our eternal progression. And that's just one of the most amazing no, I guess nuggets in the gospel for me, one of the most amazing principles of the gospel is to really understand that we are on an eternal journey and God wants us to progress. And the only way to do that is to go through trials, but he knows exactly the kind of trials that we need to go through for us to progress for what we need because everyone has progressed to a different level. Everyone needs something different in their lives. I really believe that that's why we are born in certain areas of the world right. in certain times of history because that gives us what we personally need to go and so you can't look at other people and say you know that their trials are worse than yours or whatever it's not about that it's just they have what they need for their progression you have what you need for your what you need for your progression um, and that's hard to have faith in because many times oh, yeah. we'll even compare trials oh, oh yeah look, all the he, time, yeah. he has the trial of being rich which I really believe that having an abundance of wealth is a trial. And so is being like the most beautiful people on the planet. It's true. And beauty and talents, things uh, could also be a trial. Mm -hmm. Look what I have been blessed with and understanding all things come from the Lord as opposed to look at me how wonderful I am and what I've done. And that is that. But it's in all... Always acknowledge him, acknowledging him that he blessed me. Neil, well, Neil A. Maxwell, I love one of his favorite lines that I have is when he says, when the Lord blessed me with cancer, and I think, wow. ugh. Said no man ever, right? 
Neil A. Maxwell said that. <laughs> you know, it's like he's uh, he's he's kind of beyond the rest of us. I think you know what I mean. <laughs> he's an echelon above. Oh you and yeah, I joke. But yeah. When Man I think is about not that, the right word for him. He's he's superhuman. I think. Yeah, I think blessed me with cancer. Wow. What what are ah? Oh, Who says that? that? Is, yeah, that is not a trial. I would ever no. ever ask. I've never prayed for that blessing. Just to be, for the record, I've never prayed for that blessing <laughs> ever to have cancer. Henry B. Eyring, whenever he said, Lord, you know, I need a trial. If I could just have something that, so I can be refined a little bit more. And then he has a heart attack and he prayed for it. The Lord gave it to him. And you be careful what you pray. That is the takeaway from this podcast. Be careful what you pray for, because he did not say, give me a heart attack. He said, give me a trial. And the Lord said, okay. Okay, here you go. And always acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. And both of them said, and he directed my path. And wow. Look at what I was, how I was able to bless the lives of others through my understanding. Mm-hmm. And how do we become more like the Savior through understanding through our trials, just like you brought up? I know. And that's, that I think is where we look at the culture again. The culture tells us if you're righteous, your life will be blessed and you will not have trials. That's not the truth. That is a gospel. lie. That, that is damaging because it tells people a f- it's, it's fake news, right? It tells people a reality that is, is not real kind of thing. I mean, it, it's people, just like we talked about, people expect not to have blessings because, and then they're stunned when they do everything right, quote unquote, and, and then they get a trial and they don't understand the gospel. And I don't know how, but they just don't understand it. But, you know, they're a product of the culture and that's what's disappointing to me and, and so frustrating is that people are, you know, the culture creates these kinds of things in people's minds and everything and just it sets them up for failure and and there's a lot of other things that you know that we can talk about uh, with regards to that as well but that that's wrong like it's people aren't ready like and that's sad too because you should want to to face the trials knowing it's hard yes but you should want to face them knowing that you are going to be blessed and this is more importantly what you need to become a better version of yourself right. and to become the person that God wants you to be that's amazing an, an eternal being yeah and many people leave the church because of that well I did all of this and I wasn't blessed so or, it's not true and I'm it's out it's not true and again, none of that's true. That's the culture right. and, and nowhere in any of the doctrine. And if you look at the Savior, he was persecuted. Joseph Smith was persecuted. And, and I love section 121.22 where they talk about all this shall be for your good. And if we really could have that view of, wow, look at this amazing trial the Lord has blessed me with. This will be for my good, even if I die. Because even when I die, guess what? I've gone to the, the third act of the play, mm-hmm. and that comes from Boyd K. Packer, where he talks about it's a three-act play, and when we die, that's the third act where we have these amazing things happen, and that's just part of our journey, and and that's the, that's the next part of where the Lord wants us, because really, he's in charge, but we don't like to let go of control and let allow him to be in charge and have that be a truth. I wonder if Park Packer wasn't called as an apostle if he aspired to be a thespian. Wouldn't that be maybe too? I he might be a little too logical for that. He is very, very logical. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, he, I can't really see emotion, which you need to be. Which to was be an interesting. Actor, that was anyway. a very good talk that he gave. Oh well, yeah, it's on fantastic. That, on, on that, yeah, and and so yeah, as we go through all of all of this again, turning to our understanding, finding finding truth and how it's eternal, and leaning to God's truth. And, and the trials he gives us is the truth for our lives. And it's radically accepting that truth that this is really what the Lord has blessed me with no matter what it is. And I, I, once I fully accept it, it lets go of the suffering because suffering within our trials comes from us. 
doesn't come from the Lord. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> Honestly, right? We hate that about ourselves, and we're the ones doing it, for sure. <laughs> I, before we close, I want to circle back to uh, missing the mark, because that's something we always talk about, and uh, I, uh, I, this is something you talk about a lot, and I really love it, but because, you know, as Catholic, um, sin is a four-letter word kind of thing. Like, sin is the worst, right? You just, you don't want to sin. You don't sin. You don't sin. And, um, you know, I grew up in a really strict Catholic home, and, and uh, I think the, the mindset of Catholics, from my experience, is that, because, uh, you know, they're very much cut and dry, black and white, heaven or hell, right? And you're going to go one or the other based on your choices. So I think the mindset is, if we take away your right to choose, you can't choose bad. And this is how we love you, and this is how we'll help you get to heaven. Uh, and that's, uh, that's not good. But, um, you know, you refer to sin as missing the mark, which I think is fantastic because it takes away the ugly, mean, you know, uh, perception of sin. Right? Damnation. Yeah, yeah, all of that. And let's sin. look at it for what it really is. And uh, you also, um, and this is probably one of my favorite things that you've said, is um, you, uh, you, you mentioned that uh, the church is not a life coach. I really love that uh, perception and that perspective. Can you kind of just talk about sin in terms of missing the mark and, and yeah. what that means that the church isn't a life coach? Yes, and, and I've learned a lot from sin and missing the mark, and there are, again, many General Authorities Conference talks on that and, and scripture, that sin is missing the mark. So if you think of missing the mark, it is a target, and there's a bullseye. So whenever we hit the bullseye, that's like getting 100%, which, woohoo! you remember when you were a kid in school and you got 100% on your spelling test, you're like, oh, I'm so smart. Oh, you did the happy dance. Like, all the girls oh, wanted yeah. to date you in the sixth grade when you, You yeah. hold your paper up. Oh, and, yeah, look at yeah, me, look at me. Look at me, and it gets a little egoic in that. But but it's, it's that we will hit the mark, you know, even in the Olympics. You know, you get a 10 perfect score great they hit the mark but that only happens once every how many times I don't even know. within within this this place that they do it and and so it's understanding i'm going to miss the mark the majority of the time because that bullseye is very small but it's and and i realized as i miss the mark and sin there are big sins there are little sins there are little sins like oop i yelled at somebody okay that's a little sin i killed somebody well now we aren't even looking at the target we're hitting a tree way off somewhere else and and all of them are again covered by the atonement but it's that sin is a wonderful part of this growth mindset learning process, and that's why the Savior paid the price for us. And it's not a, it's not a place of damnation. It's not a place that we're never, when, it's not if I sin, it's when I sin. And in fact, you or I are going to probably sin today. We're going to miss the mark on something. I might drive home a little bit too fast. You know, I might go a couple miles over the speed limit, which is a sin. And in, in, in our listeners' minds, I might be going, yeah, but that's okay, that justification. But it's still sin in missing the mark. I'm pretty sure I sinned already today. <laughs> it's already 1 o'clock I afternoon. remember, it, has it passed 1? It's well, afternoon. it's happened it's already. Afternoon. But have I woken up? Well, it's happened already. But I remember teaching mission prep, and I asked the boys and girls in there, these are some great, like, and this is whenever... 18, 19 year olds, 17 year olds. How many of you sinned today? Nobody raised their hand. And they're like, well, I haven't sinned. They really, kids don't understand what sin is. They believe it's something grievous. And I yeah. said, well, how many of you maybe said an unkind word to someone or teased your sister? Or, and, and they look at you like, well, that's not a sin. But it, it or is. Or just and judge someone in your mind without saying a thing. You know what I mean? Like you just. Sin, like so you look at somebody and just make a judgment in your mind you about that person. Sinned. You just yeah, it is. You missed the mark yeah, because it's not done out of a pure love and a pure place, and that's understanding. It's okay, 
and, and, and in literal, how people put their hands on their hearts and tell themselves, it's okay. It's okay, Luann, that you sin because now you're learning and you can become a changed creature through asking for help from the Lord and not leaning to your own understanding because that's really where that sin comes from right. and turning our, our, our will over to him. And that's it's a, a wonderful thing. It's something we have to have in our daily lives. And that's where, again, the culture has gotten skewed. We don't become perfect through our own change. We become perfect through the atonement of the Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is the only way to become perfected and to be able to return back to him. And we're going to sin and we're going to need, we need the Savior every day and asking for that and being willing to be open to it. Uh, yeah, 100% we do. And uh, again, just being self-aware of that and, and it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, that's what I love. I mean, this knowing, and this is interesting, this is, this is uh, my perspective. It's a little crazy, but it's, um, it's, it's definitely uh, how I think about these things. But uh, knowing that you're going to sin is, is a big step forward. Right, because I think it removes the pressure from you from doing that. And think about it this way. Um, you know, we all know what the Savior did for us, right, in terms of the atonement. And we, none of us can even come close to imagining or understanding what happened, how, what he went through. He literally took on every single sin, big, small, good, bad, for every single person for their entire lives, Every single person who's ever lived on the earth or will live on the earth, mm-hmm. all of that, or all at once. Earths. Or another world. Oh, that, okay, don't even, see, that's, that's blowing my mind. Yeah, we can't even understand that. Nope. We can't we even don't. understand that. That's okay in our little human minds. It's okay. We're just going to, we're not going to get freaked out. But it's, he took on everything that we ever did. If, could, could you imagine him like after all of that and after all this world is done, everything's finished, he just kind of turns around and said, nobody sinned? Like nobody took advantage of the atonement. I went through all of that and nothing for no reason whatsoever. Like, that's crazy. So, I mean, my point of view is like, hey, listen, you know, the Savior is expecting us to sin, right? Right. So don't disappoint him. Right. And we're back again to the scripture because if I'm leading to my own understanding, I'll do this on my own. But if I'm allowing that from God and I'm saying, no, I'm not going to lean into my own understanding, I do want to fully partake of it because he has freely given it, and if I don't, it's a gift that's used, that's unused. Uh, How many of you gotten a Christmas gift, put it away because it was something special, and then regretted that you didn't use it because you didn't want to mar it or ruin it? It doesn't bury the talent, right? Right, it's the parable of the talents that I want to use that and always acknowledge him, and as I acknowledge him, that it will direct my path because then I'm free from that sin. And that path becomes so much light, lighter and easier to follow because I have partaken of that. And that's. And on the other side of the coin, how many of you have gotten a Christmas gift and re-gifted because it <laughs> sucked and you hated it? That happens as well, right? <laughs> let's be honest. We've all done that. Whether that's a sin or not is, uh, is up for uh, debate. Uh, we're not going to worry about that. <laughs> I do like those new bags that say this is regifted, and you just hand it. To, they, oh, yeah. that's a thing. Yeah. Oh, I would, that would make my life a lot easier. It would be that way. A lot less get guilt. a good laugh while they still yeah, get the present. Yeah, right. Them. And then you don't have to worry about shaming yourself or feeling bad about doing it too. <laughs> okay, real quick. Church as a life coach. I talked to everybody about that. And, and life coach. The, the, we don't need a life coach. I therapy's great. I dig into people's stuff, but I, people don't need a life coach to lead and guide them by the hand because if you allow the Lord to lead and guide you by the hand, that is the ultimate. He knows you 
and and the life coaches want and I'm not saying life coaches are bad there are wonderful life coaches that do things that help people with goals but if I'm looking for them to spoon feed me what should I do next how what decision should I make is this right or no that is not what we're here for the church is not something that is going to tell me you go to the bishop should I marry this person that's not for the bishop to decide you know should I take this job no that is for you to pray about to get your personal revelation and that's why you came here is to forge and bind that relationship with with the heavenly father and learn how to ask that's the learning process and it's not asking for someone else to be your life coach because your life is your own and your will is your own and that's what you turn don't turn your will over to someone else to tell you how to live your life or what's best for you that is i call it the chicken way it's the chicken way of not making any choices and that is what we fought the war in heaven for is to make choices and not giving that to someone else to determine what's best for me because the lord knows what's best and that's a practice of turning that over to him and asking how how can i live my life in accordance with what you would have and it takes more work than just calling up someone and saying hey what would you have me do that's it's work well, that's checklist right that's, and it's that's, a checklist. that's checklist mormon attitude and it's great to see that the church is finally spinning out of that when we when we're talking about going to two hour block right when we're talking about doing more home study home and the church study. is just there as a support it's not the only option anymore it's not the the main source of how your kids and yourself should receive the gospel you need to that the church is handing it over to us, right? Mm-hmm. And you need to do it, which is great, which is fantastic, because too many people have just grown up in this bubble where they have been spoon-fed, and they don't do anything for themselves, and they go to church looking for these answers, and they go to the bishop with every single problem in their life. And, and it's, that is not, like, you're really act, being acted upon, kind of, right, in, in that sense. You're right. not acting for yourself, that's for sure. You're not acting for yourself. And maybe, again, being introspective of how have I been spoon-fed and how can I do better at feasting and changing to me feeding myself as opposed to going and expecting to be spoon-fed. I've noticed a huge difference as we've gone to two-hour church where people don't come because they don't feel like they're being spoon-fed and they're, they're not getting anything from it, but that's the change in the shift of the church. You get more from it because you come and share, which is where they asked us to be before but wasn't happening because I have fed myself at home, mm-hmm. and then I have plenty to share with others whenever I come to church. Right, and that's feasting upon it as opposed to getting a few nibbles or bites that are not going to sustain me. And we're back to what President Nelson said that you will not survive without personal revelation in the coming days because that is truly where the Lord's ask us to to go. Absolutely, I know it's like an all-you-can-eat buffet kind of thing now, right? It is. It's an smorgasbord of wonderfulness that you can choose from in all of your scripture reading. Yeah, let's hope it doesn't turn into a big potluck because those are the worst. (laughs) The church, you ever go to a church potluck? (laughs) I. They're interesting. They're yeah. I don't use that word, but I don't even go because that's disgusting. Uh, But. That's not what this podcast is about. So here we are, a fantastic podcast, uh, lots to, uh, to think about. And so I think takeaways are being self-aware, right, about your uh, understanding and where you're really, like, where do you really turn to, right, for, for your understanding? Where am I leaning? Where are you think leaning? of it even as leaning. I may not be off the path, but where am I leaning? And leaning. What am I focusing on even? What am I looking right. to, right? And am I looking past the mark? Am I focusing on the mark or am I looking past the mark? And past the mark is that I'm not even looking at the atonement, or I'm not even looking in that direction, but I'm looking at a worldly place, or I'm looking, and and it's 
there's so many parts of our lives really being introspective and asking and maybe even doing some journaling or writing or speaking with someone about, wow, maybe I'm off a little bit on my finances or on my health um, practice of exercise or my diet. My, da- my dating, you brought up dating again. My dating life. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, everyone's going to be able to relate to this. Or my relationship with my children. Like, I really struggle with that when each of my six children have such a different personality that it is really not leaning to my understanding of all of the training I have in child psychology, but instead leaning to the Lord's understanding of, here's this little spirit that I've sent to you, now help him to return to me. And that has nothing to do with child psychology and everything to do with listening to the Lord and having him lead me in parenting my children. And understanding the path that he has for them too. I mean, we get so caught up in having our kids and desiring that our kids follow the exact same path that we laid out for them. It's like, you've been given to me and you know I've been charged with raising you and helping you come back to Heavenly Father. So that means you have to go to the celestial kingdom. So you have to do this and you have to do that. And their path could be very, very different from that. And I think it's being open to that, right? And recognizing that God's plan might be different for them. You just have to kind of be able to guide them and teach them right and, and help them the best that you can, but also let them make their own choices, mm-hmm. right? And, and trusting God, and that's, that's tough, it's scary, but it, to me, it's, and I'm kind of a risk taker anyway, but trusting in God is, is an amazing thing because you don't know what could possibly happen. Like, you don't know how amazing the blessings could be. And we know enough that if we are you know, if we do follow the commandments that the Lord is bound to bless us. So if you, you know, if you make the right choices and do your best to follow the commandments and then trust in God, it's not going to be a horrible outcome. I mean, you know, he, he may have trials for you to go through, but that doesn't mean that you failed or that he doesn't love you or anything no. like that. But it's just trusting in him. But the blessings could be so amazing because if we just limit ourselves to our own understanding, we're going to make choices based on that. And, you know, a lot of times we're not going to be happy or we're not going to fulfill our, our potential. Maybe, you know, we might, we might be happy, but maybe not as happy as we could be, for example. And I think we're kind of missing the mark on our potential when we just lean on onto our own understanding. And honestly, it's scary. I get scared when I think about, like, when I just look at things from my own understanding, the perspective, like, like my own personal situation right now, for example. I'm dealing with some challenges. And it's scary to think if I stay on the path I'm at, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble, right, personally. I'm going to have a lot of problems, and my life is going to change quite a bit. And that's just thinking, well, all I'm seeing is my situation today, right? Looking at it from my understanding. But how do you know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or whatever if you just trust God? And as soon as I trust, it opens up infinite possibilities. Yes. And that's scary to people. But infinite, why? That's crazy. Like, it's inf- so amazing. Infinite possibilities are unknowns to us. And that's where it's scary because we go, oh, I don't know about that. I've never experienced that before. That's too much to handle. And we contract back into fear and back into well, that's all natural game. man too. that's right? natural man i'll stay in my safe little place as opposed to seeing i'm sure whenever the lord opened up to moses and let him see everything it was overwhelming oh i can't imagine that right. and and he and he's thinking oh my goodness this is it's the same thing infinite and whenever we get into the infinite we realize wow i am so much more than what i give myself credit for in this natural man being that's where the contraction happens in that scariness. It and is. that's, again, why we're in this podcast to help open up people to 
you do have these infinite possibilities and you are an infinite being with these amazing things in front of you if you just open your eyes to be able to it see is them. sometimes i think people just need that validation or just like an encouraging um, voice or, or someone to just say it's okay to just go do that or just remind them hey listen you, you can't actually do this you don't have to stay where you're at you can do this instead and that's kind of the goal with the podcast here is yep. to really just uh, provide that for people so, all right yeah, here we are another episode in the can thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys on the next podcast right. in the meantime keep the faith and keep the stick on the ice <laughs> cheers Thank you for listening to the Impeccable Perspective Podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Amazon Prime, iHeartRadio, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. Keep the faith and keep the what? Keep your stick on the ice. Is that Canadian? Yes. Good for you. So it's the very first thing when you're a kid and you're learning how to play hockey. It's the first fundamental that's drilled into your head. You keep your stick in the ice because you don't fall down then. No. No. You keep your stick on the ice because you know how fast the game moves, right? Uh How fast the puck moves. If your stick is on the ice, whenever the puck is passed to you, you're ready to receive it. As opposed to in the air. If if your stick is in the air, you have to take the time to lower it and you could very well likely miss the pass. And so that's a metaphor for life, basically being prepared, being ready, being alert, and always being, you know, yeah, that's, it's a great metaphor that way. I'm going to have to use that.